112923. This one is called Lunar Love. Greetings, everybody. I am taking a walk on a very cold day here in New York. I think I got 29 degrees um, right here. A little snowflake came on in the car, but it's a great day for a walk and being able to tolerate this weather, this uh, crispy, cool weather reminds me that I'm European, which is always a good thing. I'm standing in front of an area where there's a lake and it looks like the top is completely frozen. I don't think walking on it would be a good idea because that may prove to be uh, dangerous. But anyway, today I want to talk about the full moon that we had two days ago on the 27th. Full moon in the sign of Gemini. Of course, the moon's always in the opposite sign of where we are. As right now we're in Sagittarius, so the moon, of course, would be in Gemini. This is known as the beaver moon by a lot of cultures. It's also known as the slaughter or the butcher moon in the Norse traditions. And it's also considered to be a morning moon because it's the last full moon before the winter solstice, which will happen on 1221. Great stuff. I always look forward to that day. I love that day. It's the shortest day of the year. I like the stillness that that day and that winter in general brings. But for today, we're not there yet, but I can definitely feel the energy of winter. Perhaps you listening, if you're on the Northern Hemisphere, you can feel it too. I wanted to talk a little bit about some groovy rituals we can utilize for working with this full moon. A little bit about the moon from a metaphysical perspective. And also just some great ways to support our body during this winter season that is definitely upon us. So here's a little bit about the beaver moon or the morning moon. So it's referred to as the morning moon, the last moon before the winter solstice, and it's the time to let go of past troubles or grief and look forward to a new season and soon a new year. Now, of course, the new year starting in January is really just because of that calendar. I think in a lot of traditions going back for our people, it really started, I believe, uh, with sowing or... Um, you know, in October, of course, with the Chinese, they have their New Year in February. So the idea that New Year starts on 1-1 is not necessarily accurate, but nevertheless, most of us get that feeling of that being, you know, a time to turn over a leaf or maybe a snowflake because there's no leaves on the ground, at least here, you know, this time of year. So a little bit there about um, letting go of past troubles and grief and a new season. So it's a, t it's a time for renewal, even though it's a time when there's so little happening outside in regards to, you know, seeing flora and fauna, like that lively feeling that we get in the spring and the summer, and even to an extent in the autumn. November's beaver moon's spiritual meaning symbolizes the beaver's ability to be the architect and creator of their own life. So you can think about how you could be the architect and creator of your own life, which seems to be a really intense, valiant effort these days in this world where we're constantly being told what's good for us, what's bad for us, what to do, what not to do, what to believe, what not to believe. So this is something that we can all learn the lessons from, of course, using the beaver moon as a final motivating push before winter to create action and transformation in your life, metamorphosis. Figure out what dams, like a beaver, need to, you need to create to stop negative energy from draining your spiritual success. So for someone, maybe it's not looking at the news. Maybe it's not keeping certain foods in the house. Maybe it's not socializing with certain people. It could be anything. 
Identify and mend the cracks in your spiritual foundation to create stability and contentment. Remember, beavers stay active all winter long, even when ice covers the water's surface. So yes, this is a time of stillness, slowing down, um, you know, looking, looking inside, like, you know, kind of like looking inside yourself and um, that type of stuff. But it's also a time to perhaps engage in action and leave behind what didn't work and move forward into something new. So some ideas right there for the metaphysical meaning of the moon. And now here are some rituals to help align yourself with the spiritual energies of the beaver moon. So number one is to look at your schedule and plan to wrap up projects and slow down before the winter solstice. Sounds totally normal and natural that we would slow down and do less when it's colder and darker. Maybe we would sleep more. Makes total sense. Spend time dreaming and coming up with new ideas, but delay action on those ideas until the new year. Let them gestate over the winter rather than trying to birth them immediately. And a lot of times the birth would be in the spring season, right? So we're, we're gestating, we're ruminating on something throughout this entire cold season. And then once it's warmer and we're ready to kind of like go outside, you know, metaphorically and, and physically, then it, it comes to fruition. Warm up with hot tea. A warm scarf, a warm hat, a hot water bottle and heating time, heating pads, and spend time by a fire. I really like the idea of using a hot water bottle. Like it seems like an antiquated thing from generations past, but it really toasts up your whole system. And they say in um, the Japanese traditions that you always want to keep your middle and your um, your head warm so putting a hot water bottle on your on your stomach your abdomen not directly you know over like your your clothes clothing of course can feel really good and this also feels really good when you have your period and it will also kind of help the blood move and flow if you have any issues with uh, stagnation of blood and you'll probably feel less crampy and if you take any um, pain relieving stuff you'll feel like you need less oh and of course don't eat cold food around that time of the month and this time of year you really shouldn't be eating cold food speaking of cold food I saw something really mind-zoggling I was at the health food store about a month ago and at this point the Oyedei costume had already kind of was you know uh, engaged in a renaissance if you will it had come back into action for the quote flu season and I saw a woman wearing the chattel feed bag uh, walking up to the register to pay for like an ice cold smoothie and keep in mind it was probably about 15 degrees warmer than it is now but albeit you know still cold and I'm thinking there's so much wrong with this picture but this person probably has not a clue and then I was thinking if I was like a cafe owner I wouldn't even offer smoothies in the in the winter time and the autumn I just I just wouldn't maybe I'd lose business but there's just so many things that are ingrained in us to do that we think are healthy like eating fruit and yeah fruit is fruit is healthy obviously you don't want to eat too much of it but eating an ice cold smoothie in the autumn and then you know wearing the mask thinking that you're doing something healthy it's just a lot of cognitive or shall I say zognitive dissonance going on okay number three sleep more than you usually would maybe you want to go to bed earlier because it's darker out nothing wrong with going to bed early uh, it actually is very restorative. You can get deeper sleep if you go to bed early. I mean, don't go to bed too early, like 7 o'clock, but even being in bed by 9 or 10 in this type of weather can be very nourishing. Spend more time with your closest loved ones. That could be humans. That could also be pets, too. 
Enjoy sensual experiences like doing uh, baking in the kitchen, taking a hot bath, uh, making love, great stuff. Wintertime is a good season for making babies. September is the most common month for birthdays, as humans and beavers like to get it on when it's cold outside. So that's kind of interesting to think about, uh, making love in December and then having a baby that's born in September. So that would be nine months, right? Direct your energy to your spiritual and internal practices, such as meditation, reflection, journaling, counseling, or whatever other form of spiritual and emotional connection works for you. So that's a good idea too, especially pen to paper. How many of us actually know what our handwriting looks like anymore? We're, we're typing everything. It's, it's nice to be able to still be able to write and know what your handwriting looks like. So some nice ideas there about how to uh, align yourself with the spiritual energies of this full beaver moon, also known as the morning moon, the slaughter moon, the butcher moon. All these moons have different names. And now finally, a little bit about how to support your organs, your metabolism, your body, uh, everything for the winter season. Got a couple of tips right here. So one would be eating more warming foods, and that could be animal protein. It could also be more warming spices, things like uh, cinnamon and uh, ginger, uh, clove, garlic. Uh, eating more warm foods like soups and stews and things like that. Uh, beans are ex excellent this time of year as well. Number two would be taking a sauna, if you have access to a sauna. If you look at the areas of the world, especially in the north, in northern Europe, where they have that sauna culture, it's the areas where they have very cold weather most of the year round. Number three would be red light and incandescent lighting which makes more sense around this time of year because we're going to be having less um, actual hours of light. So getting in front of a red light machine um, using incandescent lighting. I know these days it's harder and harder to find that because like everything is LED. Even some of these blue blocking bulbs are LED, which is kind of a, a mind zoggle. Also, of course, the oldest form of red light would be sitting in front of a fireplace, right? Something else would be sipping on salty, gelatinous bone broth. Uh, this is a nice way to warm yourself up, uh, good way to hydrate yourself, good way to get minerals. Uh, gelatin is a great source of protein. A lot of us who eat animal foods are still stuck in the idea of just eating muscle meat. Like if someone says, how much protein do you eat? And they're eating it all in muscle meat and they're eating like 100 plus grams, that is going to be less beneficial than someone who eats a little bit or a lot less who's eating more of a varied protein sources, like someone who's eating eggs, uh, gelatinous meats, uh, gelatinous broth, gummies and jello, um, dairy foods, shellfish. So we really have to get out of that kind of like um, Western zoggy, really just very American idea in the last maybe 50 years that we're just eating muscle meat. Like imagine a person that let's say, yeah, they, they eat meat at every single meal. In the morning, it could be sausage. For lunch, it could be chicken. And for dinner, it could be like a pork chop or a steak. And yeah, they're getting adequate protein, maybe depending on those servings and snacks, of course, too. But they're eating only muscle meat. There was never a time in history, historically, when any culture ate just muscle meat. We, we couldn't afford to do that. A lot of these ideas that we have about food are total luxuries of the modern world. So remember that when you're eating 
protein that you want to eat the whole form of protein. And when we're eating muscle meat, we're really eating a refined food in, in many ways. We want to think about ways to balance it all. Now, do we want to completely avoid muscle meat? Well, that's your choice, but I like to have a little bit of it, but I also like to balance it with those other foods. Because if we eat just heaps of muscle meat, that will actually lower thyroid function and increase stress hormones, which is why we see so many people on these very heavy muscle meat diets, whether it's the sad zog slop, goy slop diet, whether it's these carnivorous or keto diets. And at first they may feel okay, probably not in the sad diet, because really no one ever feels okay on that diet unless maybe they're under 25 or 30. But on these more extreme kind of very heavy muscle meat diets, probably more carnivore than keto because keto is more um, fat and you never know what type of fat it is. There's other, no, other whole thing about the fat quality in the keto diet. But they feel good for about six months and then they hit a wall and then you look at a picture of them before and after and it's very aging. So we hear all of these um, back and forth arguments about, oh, we should only eat vegetation. We should only eat meat. No, we should eat foods that actually are wholesome, that are n uh, nourishing, and that aren't overly toxic in mass quantities. We shouldn't be fighting this back and white, black and white, back and forth, you know, Republican, Democrat, this bullshit argument back and forth when really it's always somewhere down the middle in a radical centrist uh, national socialistic perspective. Something else would be uh, hot baths, which we mentioned before, taking a hot bath, um, like the sauna, that's something else that's really good. And getting in uh, high quality uh, lipids too. Not too many lipids, of course. Um, that's another thing that's really been a big trend as of late. People just really just slamming the lipids, um, having no regard for them. Even too many of like the better lipids, like even too many um, sources of saturated fat or monounsaturated fat is not going to be good, especially if someone's liver is backed up and they're not able to detox because their bile is sludgy and their thyroid function is low. There's so many things to think about with this, but you know, good quality lipids. Um, I like coconut oil, unrefined. Maybe it's not the most ancestrally um, appropriate lipid for uh, a European human like myself, but I enjoy it and um, it seems to work pretty well for me. I don't really fancy the way tallow tastes. I think it smells like a, a barn. It's kind of gnarly. There's always butter. There's always ghee. Uh, lard, depending on where you get it, but still lard is more of a monounsaturated fat. Uh, olive oil, of course, but olive oil is best for drizzling and things like that as opposed to cooking with. Of course, better to cook with olive oil than let's say canola or one of those, you know, sludge uh, Zio Goislop oils, obviously. So those are some tips right there about how to feel good during the winter, increasing animal food and warming foods, sauna if you have availability, red light, incandescent light, uh, gelatinous bone broth and uh, varying your protein sources, a hot bath if you have access to that and making sure you're taking in quality lipids. And also I'll add this too, taking in good warming carbohydrates. I know sometimes people say, oh, we should eat less carbohydrates this time of year because it's more ancestrally appropriate. Well, I'm concerned with what's appropriate for us right now in 2023, living in a world with uh, Wi-Fi and, and Zog Fog, which we didn't have during the ancestral times. So in the winter, because there's more darkness and a varied amount of other reasons, people tend to have lower thyroid function in the winter. We have things like SAD, seasonal affective disorder, right? So I think it really makes sense to keep 
the high quality carbohydrates at a moderate level or even higher depending on what works for you and, and your body and your activity level. This is all going to be different for different humans. But I really think it makes important sense to keep a good source of constant carbohydrates in the diet. Like right now, what am I liking? I like things like applesauce. Uh, I love clementines, mandarins, satsumas. Those are all amazing. I love oatmeal, uh, soaked rice, whether it's white rice or haiga, which is half white, half brown. Uh, beans. I like uh, root vegetations like white carrots. I do the white carrot salad. I like um, other things, other root veggies like beets and squash, rutabaga, turnip. I'm not too keen on those, but those are options too. These should all, all of course, be cooked with the exception of um, carrots. You can eat carrots uh, cooked too, but uh, I like to eat them raw for that, you know, good uh, bowel cleansing fiber. Really important to have a bowel cleansing fiber in the diet as well. Even cooked leaves have a good amount of carbohydrate in them, and they're uh, very rich in minerals. So that's something to consider as well. And of course, mushrooms, well-cooked mushrooms are great. They're not the richest source of carbohydrate, but they're also a good fiber. So just a little bit there to round it out with the right type of fats for this season, as well as the right type of proteins and the right type of carbohydrates. So I think that's all I have to say for this little one right here, Lunar Love. Some tips here to get into the winter groove, to think about rituals to align yourself with the moon, and just a couple of nutrition tips to keep you uh, happy, healthy, and horny into the winter season. Okay, I'm going to walk now. Satnam. <laughs>